My dear, another year has come and gone. Hey! Yes, we are here at the end again, ready to do a year in review. Are you ready? Let's do it. Say that again? Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> girl, you already party for New Year's? Like, what's up? What's up with that voice? I mean, I, I came, I partied, I conquered. My voice sounds terrible, but I'm still here for it. Look, she done crossed the burden says, and now she <laughs> out here getting it. I'm with you, sis. I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. That that should be the big news of the, uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ 22nd year within the second millennia. <laughs> Can you do a podcast with a lost voice? Is that possible i guess we'll find out right now find out yeah we'll see all right so nia you know in thinking about this year in review i thought you know what i would really like to do is to review some of the biggest court cases Mm -hmm. that really stuck out to me this year i always wanted to be a lawyer i think i'd be a better lawyer than my husband we'll see how it goes Ooh, um, <laughs> shots <look>. fired <laughs> i know right i'm like oh she don't want the smoke but she does Ooh, i don't know i can't I'm, it's hard to he be. said he would wax me in any courtroom so now's my opportunity sounds like your son gets the confidence from both of y'all <laughs> um well Let's, we're going to review four uh, cases, kind of. They're kind of cases. You'll see. But before we start, I'm going to pause real quick to give our listeners uh, an opportunity to think about what four court cases did they hear about this year Mm. that hit them or struck them or are sticking out? Can we cue the um, not the non-licensed Jeopardy uh, music? Get it a a make it uh, oh okay but period love that I think they would think Roe versus Wade mm, for sure right I feel like that was a big one yeah it continues to be unfortunately continues to be and and what it's bringing down yeah and, and uh, the trends it's setting oh. Don't even, I'm, I'm not there. <laughs> I am not there. Um, but this first one that we're going to start with was a trial from way back, but we have a new outcome. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, the Brittany Griner trial. Oh my God. It was such a heartbreaking case and story. And we talked about it in our Hot Girl Summer Review. Yeah. So technically, we're starting with this one first because technically... That case and trial took place on July 1st, yeah. where Brittany Griner, for, um, who, who pled guilty uh, for cannabis use, was sentenced to nine Can years. Can you imagine? That is wild. In a country where you probably don't speak a lot of the language, mm. right? Where they are very openly hostile to LGBTQ plus folks and black folks, right? Like, that's tough, as Nas would say. Yeah, that's that, tough. Uh, yeah. Uh, well... 10 months after her detention, uh, specifically on December 8th, um, she was finally allowed to come back home. So uh, Griner was exchanged for a notorious arms dealer, Victor Bout. um, AKA Merchant of Death. I mean, I heard Brittany Griner is the Merchant of Death on the court. So I I know. It doesn't feel like, like, you know, he should have got out, but we're not going to go there. It was short, and you know what? It's really not my my space. That's not my lane. So, um, <laughs> curious to what folks think about it. But I'm glad. Um, I'm 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 glad that she's home. What about you? 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it would happen. I was like, oh my God, like, are we really going to go through with it? Is Russia going to like pull the okie doke over, you know, like, and, and, and not really release her. So they did. And I know her wife and family are super thrilled and her teammates and everybody, like the whole world celebrated when she got to go home. So I'm very, very happy that she's back and she was back in time for the holidays. So that was nice too. Yeah. I'm excited as well. I know that in some of, um, the interviews and things that I heard kind of right away um, after her uh, release was that she does plan to share her side of the story. Because one of the questions that even came up, like, is she going to return to basketball? And I can't even like imagine some of those things. So I definitely look forward to hearing more of her voice. Would she ever return to Russia? I feel like basketball, you know, stress relief, you're so accomplished. Like you're not going to let somebody – take that away from you. I could totally see that. But like, would you ever go back there? Because I know I probably would never, ever go back to Russia. Ever. You couldn't give me, <laughs> and it got me to go there the first time. But I, Fair. Mean, I mean, but that's the conversation, right, that we had that folks were having about uh, uh, gender pay gaps and unequal right. pay that right. kind of, the, you have how to have 50, 11 jobs right. as a elite athlete, a woman, you know, athlete. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. So are you ready to hear about another case? Yeah. What's the second one? I feel like drum roll. Uh, Twitter versus Musk. Good God. Or the case that never was. But what what, I'm curious about this. I'm curious about this reaction that you had. Dying. Yeah, share more. I don't know. I feel like you know, I was a person, like before I went back and, and worked on this other degree, I felt like I was on Twitter a lot. Mm. And Twitter was a space where academics, you know, pediatricians, black folks, like just all my people were and could have discourse, right, about like all kinds of things. And also it like broke down barriers between like the people in power and the police, mm. right? Like you could, there was more of mm. an equalizing that would happen, I think, on Twitter just because everybody was, you know, you could you could direct message people, you could at people, and they mm-hmm. maybe respond and see it. And so I really like the discourse that could happen on Twitter. Like, I got a lot of engagement for, like, articles I would write or mm-hmm. questions that people had, and I really like that. And, um, you know, had friends work for Twitter that were mm-hmm. very, very concerned and ultimately lost their jobs mm-hmm. um, with very little notice and no severance you know and so Mm. that was tough so i think all of those things and like what twitter is now what what it will be really remains up in the air yeah you you do you be on twitter (laughs) i don't feel like i've been on twitter as much i feel like i've let my followers down i'm sorry y'all i'll be back soon um but yeah i've like really taken a break and tried to explore other wow social media in reaction to yeah over yeah it's not really hitting it for me yet, but I, I've, I've looked at other, like Mastodon and other outlets. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's difficult, though. Yeah, you know, I've never really been on Twitter for anything productive, <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. Um, you know, I've had bad bouts with Twitter and, and dark Twitter and alt-right Twitter yeah. uh, when I happen to uh, wander upon those tweets or they wander upon me which is terrible <laughs> so i 
yeah, but I'm I'm more of an Insta, uh, you know, user. But I say all that to say um, it's it's interesting to hear how this bigger kind of picture uh, changing of CEO has impacted you and the folks around you, as you talked about um, with knowing folks who worked for Twitter and lose their job. Well. That trial was set to have taken place October 17th, mm. but was postponed um, because Musk, they was essentially on his ass. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. got to buy it. You promised you were going <laughs> to buy us. Yeah. Buy Be- us. Because the acquisition actually started in April 2022 yeah. um, and then was finalized on like um, October 27th and settled for $44 billion. Can you imagine? Like you buy a new toy. For $44 billion. And you still have money left over. Dog. Like, can you imagine? Dog. Like, that's just one of your toys that you bought. Yeah. $44 billion. And I'm like, Jack Dorsey, I understand the former CEO of Twitter, but also how could you? Like, <laughs> like, like partially, right? Because uh, it's been interesting to see Musk just evolution of political views and stuff and going more from uh, left and uh, central leaning to leaning to right and mm-hmm. having been a Trump supporter Mm. and uh, to see how that's kind of impacted the Twitter world um, in in various ways has been, I don't know. I feel like I'm watching y'all from the window, (laughs) but has still been wild to watch. Yeah. I feel like people are concerned that, um, you know, the, the stuff that you experience on Twitter and the reason why you like kind of shy away from it will become more of the norm, like more than it was before. And it's just going to be like kind of a mess of a place where you can't actually get any good information. It's all like, you know, misinformation or disinformation and just haters constantly, you know? So I guess we'll see. And there's been, you know, a lot of impacts throughout the world. I guess I just really think about the United States and how Mm -hmm. we share information and how we can get at like politicians and artists and whatever, but like the real global impacts that Twitter has had um, and will continue to have as long as Elon continues to reign. And I know they're searching right now for a CEO. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested in a new job. Listeners, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like almost anybody can re-steer the ship to better waters than Mm. where it's been because it's really a mess right now. Mm. Yeah, I I hear you, and I think a big piece of what you say that sticks out to me is um, the positives, like this push and pull of the good that Twitter has done and can be used for, but mm-hmm. also the negatives. So like when I think about kind of what you shared about um, uh, being able to reach Congress folks, right, mm-hmm. and they have that blue check mark, which. Right, was a big issue. People mm. having to pay for their blue check marks. Mm. Um, but one of the big stories around that is, um, I think uh, I forget which bank they posed as, but someone posed uh, as a bank or lending company, and basically was like, you know, we're giving away stuff for free, and so they went down in the market astronomically, and so they had to think, rethink the blue check mark because all the person did right was have to like pay the eight dollars mm-hmm. or whatever they was charging for the blue check mark, mm-hmm. make an account name that sounded like, for example, uh, Wells Fargo with an mm-hmm. underscore right, and then sh- sh- stare some things, and their stock plummeted. Plummeted, girl. So they said that they were like a well-known bank, and then start tweeting stuff out 
lies yes. about the bank. <laughs> yes. Oh or God. basically, like, they're supporting, you know, like, <laughs> free this and free that. <laughs> and people was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, uh, oh, my God. But, but, right? And so I think around how, how things are going to change. But um, it was, like, this way that we can connect with people um, in big names. And you know what I think is also interesting about uh, Twitter um, that is no longer the case for a lot of um, social media apps and things, for example, like Instagram. Back in the day, Instagram, if I was following you, mm-hmm. and let's say you was Boo and Bay and Sweetheart, I used to be able to see your activity and see what you liked mm. and things like that. But you can't do that on Instagram anymore. But you can do that on Twitter. There's been a number of folks who I used to thought uh, were down <laughs> for certain causes, but they're over here liking, um, what's that man's name? Christian Walker, Herschel Walker's son's like gay but conservative views. And I'm mm. like, oh, okay. Because you can still see what people like <laughs> on Twitter, which is why people were making the ghost account. So I see the positives from Twitter and being to connect with people, but also like the anti, um, just the hate rhetoric yeah. that also get gets spewed on Twitter and is allowed to get spewed on Twitter. You mentioned like the blue check mark. It's so interesting because clearly Elon didn't make it better, but like there was a lot of problems with the check mark, mm-hmm. right? Like people had the blue check that probably shouldn't have had a blue check. And then there was others that didn't. Like I think about some of the docs that post real information and highly trusted, usually black women that don't have a black, that have a blue check mark. And so it's interesting how like one kind of shift in power can totally change the like coin of the realm there now, Mm. right? Like if she wanted to, or if they wanted to, they can just buy a blue check, but then it's meaningless almost, right? Like if you, you weren't granted by the powers that be, and again, the powers that be typically think of power and knowledge and who has the expertise through a specific lens. And so again, black people and folks that probably should have had check marks didn't have it. So it's kind of also this weird, like, I don't know, rethinking of, of that too, right? Mm. Like, you know, why did we put so much faith and power in this blue check mark when it was really always through this lens? And now that a different lens has the check mark, even though it's really the same lens, mm-hmm. like why do we not care as much about the blue check mark anymore? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that was, as I said, uh, uh, a case that never had to fully become a case because things were settled outside of court. So is that cheating? Uh, I think it's big enough, but <laughs> we can jump back on the um, trial and case train. Okay. So let me ask you, uh, you and our listeners, I'd like our, our listeners to think and answer. Have you heard of the Bracken and Hayland case? Bracken versus Hayland? I cannot say that I have. Okay. So this was a case... From this year, it, it's it, it has started and 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 it has been brought up in other years, but this year it got a little more coverage. But I still don't think got enough, and it was really weighing on my heart uh, for a number of reasons. But I'll just get into it. So, on November 9th of this year uh, uh, of 2022, I should say, uh, the Supreme Court held oral arguments over the Indian Child welfare act so this is an act that i before this case had known nothing about um but essentially 
the Indian Child Welfare Act gives preference to Native Americans in adopting and fostering American Indian children. So under the law, um, states placing an American Indian child are required to give preference to a member of the child's extended family, followed by a member of the child's tribe, and then other Native American families. Okay, so uh, on November 9th, the um, a Supreme Court held oral arguments over uh, four consolidated cases that argued that um, uh, the Indian Child Welfare Act illegally discriminates on the basis of race, oversteps federal jurisdiction, and prioritizes the interests of tribes over the needs of Native children that it says that it's there to protect. So the challenge uh, was brought by the state of Texas and three non-Native couples that sought to adopt or foster Native children. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Do you have any reactions that come up from you just from hearing that part? God, why? Why are they doing that? Like, as a pediatrician, I always think we should act in the best welfare of children. But I don't think that is juxtaposed with trying to get a kid's family, extended family, to adopt them first or somebody in their tribe. Mm. Like, that is not a jump for me. Is it... I just don't even want to know. Mm. Say more. And, you know, the worst part about it is uh, the folks who are challenging, like, they got the kid. <laughs> they got the kid. And also, I should say, uh, the one of the parents is an MD. Surprise, surprise. I told y'all, y'all be, <laughs> y'all be at it. Uh, an anesthesiologist. Oh, are they? Is that a PhD? In, no, that's anesthesi- an MD. Yep, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Back at it again. The MDs back at it again. Um, So just a little history, right? uh, Of and and within the history, I'll speak of why like it impacted me so much. Like it's a case that stuck with me. Is like Congress originally passed the Indian Child Welfare Act in guess what year? Nineteen twenty-nine. Nineteen. Oh, that that was. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm saying, oh, because that would have been great. That would have stopped a lot of cultural genocide from happening if it was that early. Originally passed in 1978. Oh, okay. My next guess was 1960. Got you. And it was to literally address the nationwide crisis of state uh, child welfare agencies tearing Native children yeah. from their families and placing them in non-Native homes, uh, which always usually ended up in native children having to assimilate and adopt white culture and norms aka like cultural genocide right and it makes me think of the history of kidnapping um uh native and indigenous children uh and forcing them into camps and schools where they would be forced to not only assimilate but uh kind of um tear into their native culture Mm -hmm. um and so schools and stuff that they have exactly exactly and and so can't even hear the rest of the story yeah well well here's the thing the story hasn't fully been written yet because the court the supreme court just heard oral arguments like what did they even say like honestly okay so i see a lot of a lot a lot of kids youth in care i think we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. when we did our um 
a black love episode. But that is generally the process mm. for most kids, mm -hmm. right? They will look for family first, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And then we'll think about like cultural placements. Mm. But honestly, after that, then they go. So I, I don't understand how that is different than what you're talking about. Like, of course, you should look for kinship, right? Mm -hmm. And try to keep families together. And then, like, why wouldn't you want, like, a kid who's, let's say, Pamunkey Indian, mm -hmm. right, to be with their tribe and continue to pass on? Because they're so, like, the, the numbers are getting smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you want those tribes to continue and live on? Like, why would you want to rip them out of those tribes, right? Yeah. Like, I don't understand the reverse racism argument right yeah. now because that's what it feels like. It is like, you're discriminating against me and I should have everything that I want. But that's exactly what it is, Nia. <laughs> don't you know that white folks are the most uh, discriminated against a, a social cultural group right now? And so this is just the I, uh, the um, Indian Child Welfare Act is just another way that white people are getting discriminated against. Just, like to me, if you even take a case like that all the way to the Supreme Court and you're trying to adopt an indigenous child. And say it. Yeah. Speak on you, it. You clearly don't even understand. <laughs> clearly. Right? Like you don't have the tools. You don't have the knowledge. You haven't done the work that it takes to actually fully raise that child. There it is. So, there like, on that basis alone, there we is. need to come and get the kids because <laughs> they're in danger. Come and get the kids. Like, if you are if you are suing the government for something like this, then we need to come you get the baby. Yeah. The baby's in danger. And, yes. Apps. Correct. A hundred percent. I feel the same way. Like, the fact that you took it, like, you don't and need you to be raising no native, no native children. Like, like that kid's gonna grow up and be proud, like, oh, my parents ripped me. You know, like they were on the right side of history. No, they're gonna be like, I cannot believe that. Now, if they exhaust all of their options and, you know, we want kids to be with a loving family, regardless of race and gender and all of those things, mm -hmm. right? Fine. But you're gonna sue, you're gonna sue about this? Yeah. Then you don't yeah. get it at all. Yeah. At and, all. And there's been another number of commentary for, from Native um, adults who were um, uh, in foster homes or adopted by white families that talk about, like, this is some bullshit. And talk about all the unlearning they had to do and decolonizing their minds from uh, growing up in white households where um, they were forced to assimilate and learn certain things and um, uh didn't learn anything about their culture and how difficult and harmful this can be. So Right. And obviously that doesn't just apply to um, native and white or whatever, but any sort of kind of cross-cultural adoptions. Yep. Right. You need to care about the child and their culture so much that you are willing to immerse yourself and learn as much as you can, yeah. right? To help that child live through that. Because their culture is not your culture. Mm -hmm. Right. And so helping them and helping them figure out their identity is not like turning a blind eye to that culture and not telling them anything about it. Right. It's helping them to find out who they are in spite of the fact they're not always fully immersed in it. Mm. Like that's love. Mm. Right. Right. Oh, I just can't even. That's just I, I'm just I can't even talk about this anymore. <laughs> I, I hear you. I feel you. Listeners, I hope you stay dialed in on that case because it means <laughs> me as well. Okay, okay, sis. We have one more okay. case to cover. Okay. This I, please say it's better than this one because I just uh yeah uh, yeah I'll okay. say are we yeah. getting on a high this note? Is, 
For me, yes. <laughs> for other folks, not so much. Okay, go ahead. Um, I will say this is a big uh, case uh, mm-hmm. around a couple that has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, been in media and waves. And no, I'm not talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the people versus of, of California specifically versus mm-hmm. Daystar Peterson. Okay. And can I say, also known as Tory Lanes, mm-hmm. can I just say, I'm not sure it was the people versus Tory Lanes because I had to walk away from a lot of this case because my people, our people, were, were out here wilding, girl, wilding. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about uh, protect black women, mm-hmm. they weren't. <laughs> and it was sad to see. So let me just share uh, the good news for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> particularly mm-hmm. uh, being a, a, a believer of black women, mm-hmm. an uplifter, a uh, trying to use my privilege to better the uh place of black women someone who truly believes that black women are our future yeah um so i try to stand aside and let them do what they do uh i was happy that uh on uh for the results of this trial so Can you give us background case, on it yes so um i would just share that um you know uh the background is essentially um that Tory Lanez and the other person who is the big name in this, Megan Thee Stallion. Mm, um, love Meg. Wow. Get it. Hottie forever. <laughs> um, so, you know, they were leaving a party of Kylie Jenner, of course. We can't get away with <laughs> I didn't know it was Kylie's party. It was, it was Kylie's party, but leaving from, right, uh, uh, Megan uh, was shot, essentially shot. And now I don't have to say allegedly, right? <laughs> <laughs> but was was shot uh alleged at the time it was allegedly uh shot in her foot multiple times by Tory Lanez right uh from the jump many people said she wasn't shot uh that's not true Tory didn't do it right and they have continued to say that um during this case when surgeons have testified to pulling bullet fragments out of her foot you know but why and who even really is Tori Lance <laughs> like girl the, why the shade, believe Tori Lance the shade because he's a black man I mean and the hotep stop. the hoteps are strong out I here I can't the hoteps in media and uh, the uh, oh I always say this word wrong wrong but help me out misogynoir misogynoir i never heard of that word but it sounds correct <laughs> misogyny to me. specifically uh black people uh, black women yes oh, black women. Yeah, yes yes okay. uh, it, it runs deep it really runs deep because at, at all turns people were like toy didn't do it i don't understand uh, were they there like i don't get it makes zero sense makes makes zero sense but you know what's really to me like sad about it all is for a long time like megan was saying like no this really happened (laughs) like that i was really shot by by tori in the foot like because people were saying she wasn't even shot i was she was saying i was really shot it has effed up my mental health right Mm. she made a whole album called anxiety where she was being vulnerable and speaking on these things in uh the trial during the trial she testified and said she wished she um uh she would have died and that he would have killed her so that she wouldn't have to be living through all this like gaslighting that not only tori right and the people close to her were doing but right 
think of that on a grander scale where you have a group of people who used to call themselves their fans or mm -hmm. call themselves supporter of black people that mm -hmm. are now saying like, it didn't happen and we don't believe you. Right. That's but crazy. Wild. Why would she, like, why would she make that up? I like, don't even understand. Like, why would people immediately take Tory Lane's side who weren't there, weren't in the car, weren't whatever? Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, she has the money. She has the fame. She has the success. Why would she, like, make up this story to garner anything? Like, I, I just, there's, I don't understand what she would have to gain from that. Like, I don't get it. So why not? Why not? Like, why not believe what she's saying? Well, and also, can I just say, she ain't even want to do all that. She didn't even want to, right, bring this to trial. But it was them folks saying like, no, this didn't happen. We don't believe you. Yeah. Right? She was trying to protect him. Um, but, you know, ooh, I can't, I can't <laughs> share what I was going to say. My share it. My tongue was going to get a little uh, too comfortable. It's like, uh, you ever had like a, a friend who lied and you let them slide and then they just blast it yeah. and you like, it's like that. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I'm over here trying to protect you and help right. you. And then, and so I'm glad what Even happened. Even black women that are hurt and hurt by someone, mm. right, close to them are still trying to protect them. Yeah. It's wild. That's wild. Well, baby, December uh, 2022, a Los Angeles jury convicted Lanes of assault with a semi-automatic firearm. Oh he had three God. charges, having a loaded, unregistered firearm in a vehicle and discharging uh, a firearm with gross negligence. Um, yeah. So uh, he he could face up to 20 years uh, or more in prison and be deported back to Canada. Um, always forget Canada. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Canada. Eh? Day star. Um, back. So, so yeah. So I'm glad that... Um, on some level, right? Because here's the thing that I will share because there's people still don't believe and believe that this was a uh, Tory's father and other folks have said this was a um, uh, mischaracterization and uh, uh, a travesty of justice and that justice didn't happen. And I agree, but not on his part. I agree that because I don't trust the justice system in, in the beginning, right? right? But uh, I don't believe that justice was served for Megan because, like, what could justice look like when you've gone a year having to defend yourself mm -hmm. against not only um, right in court but the court of public opinion? Yeah, because she was put on, um, and the DA talked about this, but her sexuality mm -hmm. was put on trial. All these other aspects of her Which were has put on trial. Nothing to do with any of right. This. Like, what does that have to do with Getting her getting shot? shot? Exactly. Period. Okay. Anyway. So to me, that's a, us ending the year on a bit of happy news. And I hope that, um, you know, the year of 2023 trials and cases mm -hmm. will go away that don't give us such, <laughs> such sad, depressing and upsetting reactions. But I'm also worried given who's in the Supreme Court right now. Yeah, and um, who wants to run for president mm, yet again. Mm. But listen, we are going to put out positive vibrations. Put them all out. And positive vibes and prayers and hopes and dreams for 23, right? Like, because that's all we can do. That's all we can do. So, listeners. As always. As always. Stay, stay bold. bold.
even with a fucked up voice. <laughs>